The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome one, welcome all. It is Tuesday, July 25th, 2023. The final Tuesday in the month of July in this year, year of 2023. It is 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, the brand new time of our Blog of the Boys Roundtable, which is where we are right now, whether you are watching live on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel or the Blog of the Boys Twitch channel. You can, of course, watch after the fact at your own pace, at your own convenience. Uh, if you're now suddenly able to make this time, welcome. We've been going at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time for about two years now. Uh, but you know what? We're older. We're feeling like we can stay up another hour. So here we are, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Specific, uh, p.m. Pacific is when you can find us from now on. You can also listen, of course, uh, on the Blog and the Boys podcast network where you can hear myself and all three of the other horsemen who are joining me here tonight. My name is RJ Ochoa. You can also read them at blogandtheboys.com where you should visit for 24-7, 365. Unless this is a leap year, it would be 366, um, I suppose. Uh, Dallas Cowboys coverage. My name is RJ Ochoa. Our top right quadrant competitor, whatever here today, Tony Catalina. You hear him on Mondays on First and 10. Antonio, Anthony, thank you so much for joining us this evening. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited. Anybody ever hit you with Antonio before besides me? Yeah, yeah. I get a, I get a different variation of my name all the time. Yeah, so definitely. You know what? I wanted to feel special. So that was a chance for you to get some points, some easy points, but you missed it. Uh, no big deal. Bottom right corner, our southeast. It is the one and only Danny Phantom, who actually hails from the northwest. I'm uh, going to be at Dallas Cowboys training camp next week. You'll hear him on Fridays, by the way, with somebody else who will be at training camp. We won't blow his alias, though. Uh, Danny Phantom, uh, the Stars Seminar, everything else. How you doing? Uh, fantastic it feels like i haven't seen you guys in forever but uh you know what things are just starting to heat up so uh, i'm really excited about it hanging with you today danny is such a great um person he's like our relief pitcher who has no problem like jumping into the bullpen or you know walking into the rotation he's like hey you know you need somebody for the round table i'm good if not you know i'll figure it out whatever so uh, it's great to be here with you this evening danny uh one of the newest members to the blog of the voice podcast network in a regular capacity is the one and only david howman who may or may not be or may or may not be on the practice fields out at the Courtyard Marriott, whatever it's called these days, uh, out in Oxnard, California. You can now hear him every Tuesday on the new version of the Riders Block on the Block of the Boys podcast network. Howman, do you have um, the sunscreen on your nose right now for the the visual audience, like the kind of full on white cover? Yeah, I, I rubbed it in earlier, and it's it's doing its job now. 
Okay. Well, uh, what was the first episode of the Writer's Block like? It's now going to be you uh, and two Brandons, Brandon Laurie and Brandon Clements and Chris Halling, who was not able to make this week's episode because Chris is in Sweden. But uh, first episode went out. I enjoyed it. How did you feel about it? Yeah, it was a blast. I, I, I had a real fun time. It's always great getting to talk Cowboys and, and do it on a regular basis. Um, so being able to be part of that now is, is real fun. And I'm looking forward to this season. Awesome. Uh, shout out to Cowboys Beat, good friend of mine um, with the super chat here. Everybody follow Cowboys Beat on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, fantastic content over there. Uh, we have a lot to get into. Obviously, today is Tuesday, July 25th. The Dallas Cowboys now officially, like you, Hellman, out in Oxnard for training camp. The first practice taking place tomorrow for us. Depends on when people are watching or listening to this. Uh, but on Wednesday, we'll, of course, have you covered with all updates all throughout the Blog and the Boys universe. Uh, but today, Tuesday, was the kind of State of the Union press conference uh, for the Cowboys that they hold out on the tennis courts. Danny, you watched this a little bit after all of us. Uh, you had some some things keeping your time busy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm just going to say it was kind of boring. Like, you know, thank, thank goodness a lot of other things happened. But the, the actual press conference was sort of boring. Totally agree. I mean, I, I got nothing out of it, honestly. It, and, you know, I know. It gets tiring listening to, to Jerry Jones. And I mean, we all know Jerry Jones and, you know, we feel differently about it than a lot of people. But at the same time, I just wish he would just let other people talk because it was just, I don't know, it was just a whole lot of nothing. So I feel like all the news happened, but none, none of it happened in the press conference. So I just didn't seem, I, I, I felt unf, unfulfilled, RJ. Um, Halman, I was talking with Dave Halperin while the press conference was going on, making sure nothing, you know, massive happened that necessitated an article or something like that. And we were both commentating on on how, you know, kind of run of the mill it was. Um, and I posited the Cowboys just kind of becoming this like steady organization that just, you know, shows up, says the things that are necessary and nothing more. They're super boring. That's what Mike McCarthy's done. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. Yeah, it's it's a welcome change of pace from you know, where contract negotiations are always happening out in the media and Jerry's making these comments or or even, you know, we know Jerry, he'll go and say something, whether it's a contract or whether it's, you know, putting his foot in his mouth some other way or, or making some weird analogy that nobody understands and everything goes viral and Twitter breaks down or X breaks down, whatever we're calling it these days. Um, and it's just a, it's it's a refreshing change of pace to watch these press conferences and be like, that was boring because that's what happens for 31 other teams. And, and just having some sense of normalcy is, is weird in a sense, but also kind of interesting to see where it's going to go. Hellman, you should know that Kevin has awarded you five points for the super stylish hat and only four points to everyone else uh, for their hats. Danny has a backwards visor on uh, for the, uh, the podcast audience. Tony has just kind of a plain Jane uh, Cowboys hat. Uh, it's like a soft hat. Even it's not even like a 5950. I'm hatless uh, tonight. So um, I, I will offer the points back. I would feel disingenuous taking four in that sense. Tony, um, you know, Hellman mentioned the contracts like, Jerry even said, like, we're not going to talk contracts. We're not going to talk anything. And little did we know, they all had a, a really strong poker face who would come to find out find out a few hours later. Cowboys just, hey, you know, we're here. Football, Oxnard, Sun, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know, um, that's like you said, everyone's kind of touched on it a little bit here. It's uh, it's it's been a breath of fresh air to kind of operate like a standard, you know, run of the mill operation here where not everything is about 
the clicks and the and the likes and, and it's funny because I, I think jerry jones even alluded to the fact they get that show that netflix show kind of following around with the cameras so there was no pizzazz in his first chance to to really show off to the you know to the audience so it feels good and i think uh, honestly the the most fun i got out of this you know uh this whole meeting here was the fact that Jerry said he likes to slip out the back door of like the dormitories. And that was, so I thought that was really funny. But other than that, uh, the, the news in the, and the, the fire came, you know, a few minutes later, a few or an hour later, whatever it was. So that's uh, a nice change of pace. So let's get into it because we have a lot on the menu. Again, thankfully all of this did happen because my, what I first told these fellas was, Hey, we're going to talk about and react to the press conference. And it was dry as a bone. So we had nothing uh, until we had something. I mentioned the poker face. Everybody was super cool. The Zach Martin stuff did kind of hold everybody's attention. We'll get to Zach in a moment. Uh, But the most important thing, the most pressing thing to get to Dallas Cowboys cornerback, Trayvon Diggs has a brand new contract extension with the Cowboys. Some would have argued this was the most important deal for the Cowboys to get done this particular window of time because he is entering the final year of his rookie contract uh jess haney predicted this on last week's roundtable i know we all kind of agreed with him to some different extent uh but it is a five-year extension worth 97 million dollars the amazing part about this is it's not even top three cornerback money uh did not hit the 20 million dollar per year mark uh which just felt inconceivable um and danny i saw you had two tweets that i really liked uh or x's i guess um to Hellman's point uh one was that the fact that this got done now suggests that the cowboys really won because they did not have to drag this out all the way potentially into the preseason you know we didn't get the like trayvon diggs in the padsless uniform on the sideline at AT at&t stadium interview speculating about this uh and beyond that he is the first second round draft pick if you don't count jalen smith um, to since Demarcus Lawrence in 2014 to get a second contract with the team. I mean, and Randy Gregory is kind of a unique thing in his own right, but that doesn't happen often. I mean, so this is a big time win for the Cowboys, Dan. Uh, yeah, totally agree. And I, 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 I would. I mean, I think I think most of us knew that Diggs was going to get signed. It was just. Gonna, I don't know that I knew. You really think they would go into to next season and off season and maybe tag him or something? I mean, I guess that was a possibility, but I feel like that was. That was coming, but what, what I didn't expect is for it to happen as soon as it did. And I do think, and as you pointed out, the 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 amount too. I think it's you know on the south side of a hundred million for for five years. So, uh, yeah, what I think what Tony you said like seventh highest or something is where he ranks in there. So, I do fifth is it fifth? Okay, okay. Um, so I do. I feel like I feel like the Cowboys. They if they didn't like the deal they got, they would this would have took them long taken longer to do. So, I feel really good about it. I mean, I, I mean. We all love Diggs. We know he's a good player, so I, I feel like they got a, a good deal for it. So it's just, it, it, you know, it's, it's good to see that the Cowboys got it done. Uh, Tony, Caleb offers on the YouTube side of things. This deal definitely goes to show that Diggs 100% wanted to be here, and the front office felt the same way. Trayvon gets his bag, and we still get a fairly team-friendly deal. This would normally, in my opinion, I could be a little bit of a pessimist, Tony, feel a little bit of a reach, but it's hard to disagree with this. Like, I think this is really a fair take on what we just saw today. Yeah, it's it's really one of those rare win-win situations for the team and and for the player. And I know Des Bryant may have alluded to it last week, just talking that you know Trayvon Diggs. He said to the fact that Trayvon Diggs doesn't want to beat him over the head. Like he just wants a fair deal. He wants to be here. I think this kind of represents kind of what Des was saying about that. Though he he could have pressed the issue, right? You, like you said, didn't even touch the twenty million dollar range. He didn't even get in the top three cornerback. Um, you see a lot of these guys 
with merit sometimes set the market and and Trayvon Diggs didn't do that so I think he's comfortable understands what the brand in Dallas could do for him and the Cowboys you know lock up a young superstar for an additional five years so you feel good about it all around uh Hellman I think Tony's right in terms of whether you believe the Cowboys brand does lead to more endorsements, uh, Trayvon Diggs is a friend of Blog and the Boys. I've interviewed him a couple of times, once on uh, behalf of a partnership he had with like a men's underwear brand. Uh, I think it was called Saks, um, and it was like a thing he had with his brother. Uh, but either way, like, what what could you possibly guess was the motivation from Trayvon to get this done? Because where I applauded Zach Martin, Howman, is that he recognized the Cowboys are kind of stuck right now with all these contracts. So why not, you know, take it the full nine yards? Trayvon Diggs didn't do that. Trayvon Diggs said, I'm good. Just give me my fair share and I'll walk. That's kind of a, a rarity in, in terms of player negotiations we've seen with the Cowboys in recent history. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what really stood out to me the most when I saw the numbers was just the fact that here's a guy who has very quickly become a high profile name. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago when he was getting an interception, like every other second, you know, everyone was talking about him and there was, you know, obviously all that online controversy about is he good is he not and and he's still a very high profile player because of that he's a two-time pro bowler very accomplished and so it's it's confusing a little bit to see him take this kind of deal when when really I thought that the Jair, Jair Alexander who's the highest paid corner I thought his deal was going to be kind of the starting point when they got into negotiations and and then it's well under that so I, I'm wondering if this is more so just him looking at the rest of this Cowboys defense and realizing he wants to keep those guys together. He wants that defense to be playing the way that it is. And of course there's Micah Parsons, who's going to be coming up and he's going to be getting all the money. He's going to be getting all the cap space. And I'm wondering if Trayvon is just kind of taking that approach of saying, I'll take a more team friendly deal. I'll still be making my money. I'll still be, you know, with the Dallas market, still be getting what's mine, but we get to keep these guys together. Um, And, you know, I, I think his motto ended up being kind of what I'm wearing on my shirt, which is just digs it. I think he went ahead and he just digs it. So I agree with everything that all of you said, and I'm going to offer a bit of a conspiracy theory notion um, that is a positive thing. Um, And I've hinted at this, but I haven't even hinted. I've just outright said it because Howman, you talked about like he's leaving money on the table for other guys, other defensive players. Is he not potentially leaving money on the table for his brother to join the Cowboys? Like, is that impossible? Is that inconceivable? Like, could, is there not a world that any of you can envision where the Cowboys move on from, say, Michael Gallup in the offseason and the Bills finally move on from the Stephon Diggs contract that they couldn't get out of this offseason? The, Cow- the Cowboys who's now his, have the – his brother? I don't think I've heard it mentioned. <laughs> the Cow- Well, he did the men's underwear uh, promotion with him. It was for sacks, just to be very clear. Um, but the Cowboys now have a bird in hand. Like, that, that was an important thing to get done here. Is that not fair? Tony, you're nodding. I mean, like, are you buying this a little bit? I mean, I'd love it's a reach, but I love the idea. You know, if they can make it work and he leaves a little it's on a the reach, table. but it, it's it's within reach now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, it wasn't this morning. It is now. I've heard crazier things, to be honest with you. So, yeah, why not? So I, I got another theory for you, RJ. I think this one this one sticks with me. I think that the Cowboys have played enough hardball with their players mm. to where they have been. And, and this is one thing I did get out of the presser is Stephen Jones said, you know, Hey, we did offer Dalton Schultz a contract. We did offer, you know, Tony Pollard a contract. And so it's like at the same time, you know, these players know that the Cowboys are willing to walk away from players if they can't get the deal they like. Now, is Diggs fall in that category? No, not to me. But at the same time, I mean, there's we got some history now where the Cowboys have kind of stuck to their guns 
And then if they can't work it out, then they just go into a, another direction. And we've seen that quite a bit with, with players that are no longer with the, with the team. So to me, there could be a little bit of reason for, you know, team digs to say, Hey, this is, this is a good deal. Let's, you know, I think where I think I'm happy here and there's no reason to just keep, you know, you know, dragging this thing out. To be clear, I'm not dragging the Cowboys in any way, but I think you're right, Danny. Um, you mentioned players that are no longer with the team. I don't think you have to look far because you could look at players who are still on the team. Demarcus Lawrence and Dak Prescott both won. They both beat the Cowboys in their contract negotiations, and it's fair to say that the team learned a lesson and is applying that lesson moving forward. Look at that growth uh, from our favorite team. Caleb offers uh, one more theory on YouTube. says, another theory, are we actually seeing a better culture shift for the team more focused on getting a ring compared to individual players trying to get as much money as possible. Howman, you can feel this. I think it's very possible. I don't want to get, you know, too ahead of myself and saying like, yeah, this it's definitely different this time just because, I mean, we saw that we've gone through this a few times in the past and especially like when, when Jason Garrett was gone, it was like, everything's going to be better now. And <laughs> granted, the Cowboys have had two straight 12-win seasons, but a lot of the things that, Cowboys fans have had to complain about for a while are still kind of there. So I don't want to get ahead of myself and say like things are completely better and everything's different now, but there are definitely signs. I mean, you know, the, this, this Trayvon Diggs deal, they, they didn't leak it. There weren't any, you know, anonymous reports out there. There wasn't a hint that it was coming. Jerry had this great opportunity with everybody in front of him to, to be the one to break it. And he was quiet, which is uncharacteristic for him. Also, over the offseason, we've seen the Cowboys completely beef up their analytics department, which for a very long time was uncharacteristic of them. And now they're you know, getting a deal done with one of their star players without it being a real knockdown, dragout fight. So there are signs this summer of maybe they're trying a different approach, and that's encouraging. Um, I, if it continues, then it would be great to say, yes, this team is finally changing its ways for the better. I agree with you entirely, Hellman. Uh, we're going to make the like tweeted X whatever joke a million times, but like I tweeted earlier uh, along those same lines, like Jerry, there was, there was, you said it, there was a literal hour long opportunity for Jerry Jones to like wink or, or drop any kind of, of just meat for people to kind of take and chase, but nothing. I mean, nothing. What's Tony. I'm, I'm impressed. I mean, I, I really am like stunned and shocked and impressed. Like wh whatever effect you want to say it is the Mike McCarthy effect, maybe Jerry's effect. Just everybody's getting older and more mature. They're trying, you know, they're zigging instead of zagging. They deserve some kudos for the entire process involved here. 100%. I, I don't know what has changed. Cause I mean, Jerry, he's an older man now, so I'm not going to say he's all of a sudden matured or wise. And Jimmy's still not in the ring of honor. Right. Yeah. Totally. Right. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's like this team is operating more. So like, all right, let's, let's hunker in. Let's, let's figure this out. Let's do the way that, you know, we've tried it your way. It hasn't worked for 27 years now. You know, I mean, we've, we've gone on a long enough drought. We got Will McClay in place. We got, you know, Mike McCarthy, who seems to be a guy who, who really values his processes. So it's like one of these things where, you know, okay, we tried it your way, Jerry, Steven, you, it, the reins are going to be turned over soon. I think they're running a more tighter ship. And I think it's because, you know, they, they're not selling us the fact that this team is a good team. Like everybody can see that this is a good team. So you don't have to fluff it up when you know it. And I feel like, you know, that's just how they're attacking their approach now. Mm, very, very well said. They're like, they're like the top restaurant in town. They don't care that their wait list is three weeks long. People are going to show up no matter what. So, um, you know, Whatever. Anyway, uh, Caleb, last thing here says, it's honestly refreshing what has changed from the front office this past season. The analytics attitude are actually trying to play modern day football. I think we all agree with that 100%. In fact, Stephen Jones said it's a quarterback league. You know, <laughs> said it's a passing league. You can't 
can't pay running backs anymore. So um, these these are the times we we all collectively, Tony. Hopefully, you get this this time. Our Andy Dufresne. Um, on the other side of the tunnel. Um, so good for you, Tony. All right. So we really needed this bit of news because we have like the vibes have been really great. I think around the Cowboys all off season, like we've had very, very little to complain about the Mozzie Smith pick, I think, you know, gave everybody some opportunity to kind of moan and groan. Uh, but then the Zach Martin situation showed up and everybody's like ready to unleash this just like kind of targeted hatred that we're used to having this time of year. Uh, Danny, so the Trayvon Diggs thing came in and kind of saved that, but it doesn't change the fact that Zach Martin is now officially a holdout. He was not on the team charter on Monday. We all said, wait, whoa, 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 Miss Slippy, calm down. Don't panic yet. He may show up. He may be making his own way. Not there. He is subject to fines that are not waivable. Um, so it is very clear and obvious that Zach Martin is willing to play hardball. Uh, there was a tweet, Tony, you talked about this on Twitter and in our Slack. Um, this came, this tweet from Adam Schefter came out that he was not going to be reporting Zach. That is that happened during the press conference, like in the opening five minutes, it was very reminiscent of Lamar Jackson's, uh, kind of rumor report, whatever that dropped when, uh, John Harbaugh was meeting with people at the coaches meetings. Uh, so that being said, Danny, it does seem like there's a little bit of spice here between Zach Martin and the team. And that's okay. Um, on a one to 10 scale, how panicked are you? Um, a three, I, I would, I mean, I just feel like I I don't I, I disagree with all you guys with saying that this is different because I don't really think there's a lot of things that are different. I think the front office is being the front office, and I think the same applies to to with Zach Martin too. I think you know Zach Martin made a, made a strong case that we know that you know in comparison he's he's underpaid, and I but I do think that there is a scenario where both sides could be happy. Now, if you think about it, he's made what seventy five million in, in career earnings, so. The thought of like Martin just saying I'm done and, and retiring or something that scares me. Uh, but is that in the realm of possible, you know, possibilities? I don't know. I don't think so. So to me, I just feel like this is just business. This is just the business of of football, and I think eventually, you know, it'll get done. And I actually, you know, could see a situation where it actually benefits the Cowboys if you believe in Zach Martin that he's still playing at a high level and he has more left in the tank. Cowboys could work a deal to where, yeah, they're going to give a little more money, but then add a couple more years and the Cowboys could be winners in this too, because honestly, we need Zach Martin on this football team as long as we can have him. Also not, you know, trying to give them, you know, this old like positive spin, but it provides more opportunities for the likes of Matt Farnack, more opportunities for guard rotation. The Cowboys certainly need some help just in the event, the inevitable event that Tyron is down and Palio plays up tackle. We've talked about that, you know, amalgamation a million times. Uh, so Zach's absence sort of helps in that sense. Helman D-Day 2 says, if anyone can miss some of training camp and be fine, it's Martin. I don't think any of us are worried about who he is as a player, right? Like, I, like I haven't seen that take anywhere. Like, oh, man, Zach's really going to fall off as a player because he's missing camp. I think people, like, the panic that exists is just because he's not there, like, in general. And people that are worried. I hadn't heard anybody or seen anybody worried about retirement. That You know, Dan, way to go, Danny, just kind of throwing that into the world like that. Uh, but I think people are worried that this won't get done. And maybe before today, we're worried this would affect the other contractual situations the Cowboys have. But the Diggs deal kind of, you know, answers that question, at least. Yeah, I think also another thing for me that factors into this a little bit is Terrence Steele not being on the pup list and, and the generally encouraging sign that Terrence Steele is going to be uh, or that he's trending well. We haven't necessarily been told that he's going to be ready for, for preseason action or, or by week one, but that's definitely an encouraging sign. Um, I think a day ago, I was a little more concerned about Zach Martin just because he doesn't need the reps. But if you're still uncertain about who's playing right tackle, how that rotation is going to go along, 
you want whoever that is to be able to get reps next to Zach Martin. But he also, at this point, has plenty of experience playing with Steele, so that's not as much of a factor. Um, but I think for me, it's, it's still concerning just to what we were just talking about of, is this front office really turning over a new leaf? And, you know, one thing that would be turning over a new leaf is not letting your best players get angry with you to the point where they're just going to play hardball and not show up. I mean, there's reports that Martin first broached this subject of his contract back in February. And it's like, well, what have you been doing since February? I mean, this is Zach Martin. He's, you know, the best guard in football. He was the best guard in football when you assigned him to his last contract. And his money relative to the rest of the field has gone down and his play has not whatsoever. If he wants more money, if he wants to be paid fairly, he's one of those guys you just say, absolutely, we're going to make this right for you. And you don't wait this long to take care of it to the point where he says, I'm just not going to show up. Tony, that's why I do read just a little bit into the timing of the Schefter tweet, right? Like that, that does feel for lack of a different word, a little bit targeted, right? A, a little bit purposeful. Uh, again, it reminded me of the Lamar Jackson situation. And that deal ultimately got done, right? Between him and the Ravens, just as a different example. Caleb says in the comment section, the Zach Martin situation isn't ideal. But I just don't see a situation where we don't get him the money he deserves and make it work. And I think we all kind of feel like that. Tony. Like, I, like We all are kind of like simultaneously worried, panicked, concerned, whatever you want to call it. But also simultaneously like, there's no way this doesn't happen. Yeah, two parts to that. I think I think it was absolutely a uh, uh, targeted situation there. They they dropped that. I think Martin's representation watched it, saw that they weren't going to comment on it. We're keeping it hushed. They were talking that they're not worried about it, and he's like, "Okay, Adam, like here you go, put this out," and it worked. I think it's it's got us talking. It got everybody kind of off of the 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 press conference for a second there to look at it. But yeah, I think ultimately. If you were to ask me, you asked Danny what my what the you know your scared level and scared in one to ten. I'm like a one. I have such a respect for Zach Martin, and I know that he's a the, you know a pros pro, and he's gonna do everything he can because he cares about the team. He just knows that where he's getting paid compared to what his value is, it's not realistic. I'm sure he's the type of guy who, if it's entirely fair, it doesn't have to be market setting. It doesn't have to be in my mind. I don't think he's looking for number one. I think he's just looking for a fair shake of this. And, and he knows being paid as the ninth highest guard is, is unacceptable for his production. So I expect this to get figured out. Jerry Jones alluded to the fact that like we're nothing's changed. Like everything, we still feel good about it. We have no contingency plans here. We're still rolling with plan A. And I think even though this is Zach Martin kind of putting his foot down saying, Hey, like we're not going to be taken advantage of here anymore. I think everybody has enough respect to understand that this is going to get done. Hamlin, what was your panic scale? Cause Danny was a three, Tony's a one. So where are you at? Yeah. My, my scale, like I mentioned before the steel news, my scale was at an eight and now it's gone down to a seven. And oh, so you're, again, really, you're up there. It, it's it's high, not because I don't think that the that it's going to get done, not because I don't think that Martin will be out there week one, but more so just because of what it represents of that this team still hasn't learned their lesson about keeping their best players happy, about taking care of things before it really becomes a problem. That's the thing that really concerns me. I'm at like a four or five personally. The situation to me kind of feels like, um, you know, like you had an event at your house or something like that. And you're like cleaning up, but you left something on the front yard and you're like laying in bed and you're like, oh, crap, like I don't want to go out to get it. But you don't want the like unease of knowing that's like available. Like you want everything in, you know, in the safe confines of your home. Does that make sense? Like there's something out of our home right now. Like that's how I feel, uh, which is why I'm at a four or five. Um, but I didn't envision you and I being the most panicked ones here. Hellman. Danny, did any of us um, make you feel more panicked or less as we went around the table here? 
No, I mean, I wow. think I think we all kind of we you know we have our own. I mean, we're talking about Zach Martin, so it's you know it's it, it never feels good when you know you know if you leave if you leave the iron on or something. I mean, Zach Martin is an all pro type of player, so we don't. Yeah, I agree. We we want we want everything tidy. We want everything to be happy and stuff. But you know, and Helman makes a great point: is this Cowboys have not learned the lesson? They're doing things their way, and this is just how they operate. And I do think it, it will ha- end with a, a happy ending, though. I mean, the, the Cowboys, you know, it's this the business of the NFL is just tough. And when you're talking about trying to allocate all this money for all the players that we want to have, all these great players that we want to have, when our second round picks are getting big deals, uh, you know, you want to try to save as much as you can. And so this is just part of it. So I'm, that's why I'm not w- worried that much, but, you know, a little bit. Kalman and then Tony. You know, the thing we were talking about, you know, in, in the press conference, how it was so boring. And, and even when they, you know, did technically comment on Zach Martin, they didn't. The thing that stuck out the most to me there and, and that I'm thinking of now is how Mike McCarthy accidentally said Dak instead of Zach when he was first answering a question. To me, that just made him feel so much more relatable because who among us has not made that mistake? <laughs> uh, I thought you were going somewhere super important with that. Uh, so uh, that's great. Are you kidding? That was, that was crucial. Also, because well, McCarthy has also like flubbed some things public. Like remember he um, he outed Tyrone Crawford's retirement? Like remember that uh, on accident? He was like, yeah, Tyrone's – and he was like, ooh, or – are we talking about this like 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 in public like behind the podium he said that was really funny uh tony you raised your hand hopefully uh for something as equally as entertaining as what Hamlet yeah said. i mean it's nothing crazy and uh, you guys can run this back if i'm wrong but i'm i'm gonna step out on the ledge here and say bold take i bet you it gets done before the first practice which that is would- tomorrow I think, I think, I think they wrap this up before tomorrow. Jerry seems so unfazed by it. And this seems so out of character for Zach Martin that I bet you, I bet she still misses practice because of logistic travel purposes. But I bet you that this gets wrapped up before they step on the field tomorrow. Is anybody going to buy that? Absolutely not. (laughs) I mean, I mean, realistically, Everything we know about Zach Martin does everything the right way. Jerry Jones seemed completely unfazed, and I know that's usually hardball, but he did, He doesn't even feel the need to play with hardball with Zach Martin. He's just like, we're not going to talk about it. I feel like that right there is a is a respect factor. Jerry likes to talk, and Jerry will talk about contracts if given the chance, and they don't even go down the avenue. And I said it's a bold take. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, but, you know, they also love Dak as – McCarthy said, and and then went on to clarify that. It seemed to go a little extra effort to clarify that too, which I thought was funny too. I mean, this isn't about respect. I mean, they they love these guys. It's just the business side. So you know, I mean, it's just it just takes time sometimes, and you know, especially when you have a team like the Cowboys, who they're very stubborn in their ways. And so, I mean, I don't. To me, when when these things take long, and when when it happened with Dak, I don't look at it as a disrespect at all. I just think this it's just the business. One last thing, you know, there's no way around the fine anymore. So every day he's not here is like fifty thousand dollars. Like, I mean, they, they, well, then then their con- his contract's just fifty thousand, right? More. You know but what like, I mean? Like, it's not like hey, we'll wipe this clean when you come here anymore. Like, it's an actual thing now. But whatever, I digress. Um. So Tony Caleb says points for Tony there. 
I can I easily can see this being done within the week, although that wouldn't fit your first practice. Um, you know, that was the line that was that was where you you aired, Tony. You should have said this week. You you went too bold. You know what I'm it saying? It wouldn't have like, been bold if I didn't, though. It would have been bold. <laughs> it would have totally been bold. I mean, he's not there now. It would have been bold. Like you gave yourself less than 24 hours. Like that was, you know, that again, I respect the endeavor, but like play the game, you know, be wise about it. Uh Kevin did say plus five uh just for the take, Tony. Uh, but for Zach to do this, he feels disrespected. I feel like that a little bit. Um, if I have to put on my conspiracy theory positivity hat, um, and I kind of thought, cause I, this news broke initially, like the holdout stuff when I was walking my dog. So I was thinking about like how I was going to like frame my thought process on it as I was getting back to the house. And I kind of thought like, what if Zach is like doing this to like throw attention off of everyone else? We didn't hear a word about Trayvon Diggs, right? Like, cause even then, like, is it like sexy to talk about Zach Martin's holdout from the Cowboys? No, it's super boring. Like nobody cares. Like the fact that NFL running backs had a Zoom call to accomplish nothing, as evidenced by what Saquon Barkley did, got more headlines than Zach Martin, a future Hall of Famer, holding out from the Dallas Cowboys. It's like the most boring, mundane, you know, NFL storyline out there right now. And what did it do? It provided cover for the Cowboys and Trayvon Diggs to kind of operate underneath in silence. It was brilliant in that sense. It was a coup. That's what the Cowboys did. Tell me I'm wrong. Somebody, isn't that somewhat believable? Nah. <laughs> okay. Well, Tony, you think he's getting you know done tomorrow. So you know what? what? I mean, I thought you would have bought this more than anybody. Uh, but um, wow. I, I mean, I think we all think it's gonna get done one way or another. So yeah, good thing there. Uh Halman, you mentioned that Terrence Steele is not on the pup list. Jordan Lewis is. That was all the pup activity uh, that the Cowboys had to offer on Tuesday. Nothing shocking. Um, I think we all probably think that Jordan Lewis is on the pup to start the season, right? That probably helps with the roster math initially. Uh, that might earn Kelvin Joseph or Nation Wright a roster spot, um, you know, at least for a little bit of time. Um, Howman, so in that sense, the, the biggest news here was that Terrence Steele is not on the pup list. That's a huge boost of positivity for the Cowboys in their overall offensive line situation. Yeah, it's definitely big news just because there was, you know, so much uncertainty with this offensive line and who's going to start where, especially if Steele isn't ready to go, because then, you know, you kind of fall into this, well, are we going to move Tyron Smith back to right tackle? You know, then Tyler Smith at left tackle, then who's at left guard? Um, and, you know, obviously they, they could still play some musical chairs. There's been mention of still trying Steele at left guard. We'll see if they actually go through with it. But um, I think the word uh, – out of out of the Cowboys Twitter people this this afternoon was that they're going to be going with um, Tyron at left tackle, Tyler at left guard, Steele at right tackle, um, and then Matt Walesko and he who shall not be named at right guard while Zach Martin is out. Um, and, and that seems like the right approach. And that seems like there's just a few little less uncertainties with this offensive line. Uh, and you want to figure those guys out and get that starting five together so that they can build that continuity especially with a new offensive line coach and new protection scheme coming in with this new coaching staff. Danny, uh, we've all mentioned how boring the press conference was. The final question um, was what the exact amalgamation would be for the Cowboys in terms of their first team offensive line when they start practice, apparently with Zach Martin in tow, uh, according to Tony Catalina, on Wednesday afternoon. Now, Mike McCarthy, like we're all sitting here talking about like how secretive they're being. He did not answer. In fact, Mike McCarthy said, it's going to be the same thing that we ended, you know, last time you saw us. And, and he said, you can check your notes. I thought that was kind of badass. Like, like McCarthy's getting a little salty with people, Danny. Yeah, no, that was the best part of the presser, to be honest. It's, yeah, I, I, told, I think it was Clarence that I asked that question. To be fair, best question of the day, too. True. I, you know, I will say that. Um, but, yeah, it's basically, you know what, have you been paying attention? You know, then you, then you know where we're at. But one thing that's interesting about this whole thing is, 
with Martin gone is now not only do, you know, we had questions about who was going to be, you know, over a left guard, you know, now we get to actually see the, the, the pecking order with who would have been there if they didn't put in uh, Tyler Smith there, which is going to be Joe bat as I'll call him. And then uh, Matt Farniak. So those are the two guys. So those are our two top guard reserves. So it's, they're the ones that will be playing in, in Martin's absence. So I think it's a, I think that's an interesting piece of information to, to have too. So, you, so people that are writing off certain players because they don't like them or something, because, you know, just keep in mind, they're still on the roster and they, they may not be down as far and, you know, the depth chart as, as we think. And that, you know, they could be a real possibility as being in the mix of the you know offensive line rotation this season. Tony, the other side of that pup list news was Jordan Lewis being on pup. I mentioned how that might save a roster spot for Kelvin Joseph and Nation right at the very beginning. Uh, Danny talked about riding players off. When I said that, you waved bye bye. Um, who, what, right now, and we've got 53 man roster predictions dropping left and right. Like they're like froyo shops across the country. Like they're just landing everywhere you look. Um, so that being said, who are the corners on your roster for the purposes of this exercise? CJ Goodwin, not a part of your group. Um, so you're taking five, you're taking six. You do not have to include, obviously, um, Jordan Lewis in your math. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably going six, right? Where you got Stefan, Duran, Diggs. Wow. You know, $97 million man gets named three, third. Yeah. Interesting. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I do it. I keep you on your feet. Um, and then I think you got Eric Scott. And honestly, I so that's four. And I think um, I think I think Nishan or Kelvin Joseph, one of the two probably makes it. Um, that's your fifth. And then, you know, I, I don't, yeah, Jordan Lewis, Jordan Lewis is in my six deep if he's healthy, but he's on the pup list. So I, I don't really have a six person right now because of that factor, but, but I do have them carrying six into the 53. Um, okay. Danny, you're five or six. Yeah. It's same. Jordan Lewis isn't making the team. That's, that's my prediction. Right. But, I, but I, he's I, not a part, he's not a part of the roster in August that we're all in agreement there. Right. He's not a part of At, the 53 or September play. or ever. Right. So I think, right. Um, so I do think they'll end up going. I do. To me, I don't, I think the Nashawn Wright days are over. I think that there's a chance that Kelvin Joseph, you know, can earn a spot on the team. I think he does have some traits that can be harnessed and used for good. Um, but I really think that's it. And obviously the rookie's going to make it. The Cowboys really like, you know, Eric Scott. I, I'm not sure exactly where that's going to fit in there, but they're really solid with, with the main three. And plus the fact that they're safeties, they're, they're, they're so deep at safeties with, you know, we, with McQuamu who can play the slot position too. So I feel like they might go a little shorter there at, at cornerback spot, but I think those, that's the list. No Nishan for me, no Jordan Lewis for me. It pretty much ends at Kelvin Joseph, which is kind of a iffy right now. Okay. Then Howman is, is, is Kelvin Joseph, the name, the person who, when he saw Jordan Lewis went on pop, was like, yes, yeah, yeah, I'm, I made it. I'm, I'm good for a little while. You know what I mean? It's like the, it's the professor being like, we're going to grade on the curve. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's the news Kelvin Joseph got today. Well, I have experience because I was that person who, when it was being graded on a curve, I was jumping for joy. So I, I feel impossible. Some straight A, straight A student, David Howman. I believe nothing else. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think, I think Kelvin Joseph was probably pretty, not necessarily excited because you're never excited when, you know, that happens to one of your teammates and they're in that kind of situation, but it, he's definitely, I think the one who benefits the most. And, you know, he, he's kind of in a weird spot because nobody has ever really questioned his actual talent or skill. It's just a lot of it was the off-field problems early on. And then he was, 
I mean, let's face it, he was put in a rough situation when he got on the field last year and immediately is just everybody's throwing at, at him and in a high-pressure situation and he didn't respond well. So I, I think he's probably he, – he should have all the confidence to be able to go out and prove himself and win a spot, but it is a very tight, crowded room, uh, especially when they do get to that point where Jordan Lewis is ready to come off the pup list. Because even though Danny doesn't like him, Jordan Lewis has been a very productive member of the secondary. He was a he was a darn good slot corner for the last two years. And I think that the Cowboys may not be looking to extend him beyond this year and bring him back just because of what they have in Deron Bland, but they definitely like him and they like having him in that building. Yeah, I just want to be clear uh, as far as me not liking him. That is strictly 2023 Jordan Lewis. It has nothing to you're absolutely right, Hellman, as far as his value to the team. You know, very good slot corner. You know, and, and very good depth piece for sure. But I just think the Cowboys corner group, they're just in a different spot right now to where you add that $4.5 million cap hit extra. No, no, I don't think so. Jordan Lewis is also the like, I would have never taken him as the most likely to survive the entire draft class in 2017. You know what I mean? Like, you're, like who's going to be the last man standing? You know what I mean? Like Jordan Lewis, you know what I mean? Like way to go. I know that's not like new, like information, but like still it is cool. Like that he's the one who survived. So he got hurt intercepting sure. a pass too. Like the last thing, if that's the yeah. last thing he does as a cowboy, he intercepted a ball. So I don't know. Um, that's true. Um, like Michael Gallup when he tore his ACL catching a touchdown at the end of 2021. But unlike Jordan Lewis, he got a uh, like multi-million dollar contract as a result of it. So uh, anyway, um, you should all know that at the moment, Danny has a two-point lead on Hellman and Tony has a one-point lead on Hellman. So Danny out in front right now by a point. You're all separated by a point individually. Um, so, you know, some tight margins uh, here as we kind of get downhill on tonight's episode of the Roundtable. I mentioned how we all needed something to kind of like complain about. Um, I think we kind of got that just a little bit um, on, on Tuesday uh, with the pup list stuff. Uh, Luke Schoonmaker, the rookie tight end, who everybody feels like the Cowboys overdrafted uh, in the second round, is on the active NFI list. Hellman, uh, I'll give you a first crack at this because um, you're, you're you're buying low stock. I'll give you that. You know what I mean? Like, you're coming in now. Nobody's like Team Schoonmaker. Tony thinks Jake Ferguson's going to catch 100 touchdowns this year. I don't know why. Uh, but uh, but so, like, people are like, this guy's a waste. He's 100 years old. Why did the Cowboys spend a second-round pick on him? So, Howman, why should people not be panicking? Uh, I mean, I think it's just just comes with generally what the nature is for the, the active NFI list. It's not – these are generally are not going to be, like, serious injuries. Generally, these are – these are players that, you know, they had something that they were coming in with, something that's lingering, and they're just not ready yet. And we've also seen, just with the Cowboys since McCarthy has taken over, he tends to be overly cautious. And he even kind of kind of made that point, um, you know, in the past where he'll kind of keep a guy inactive a little bit longer from when they're actually physically ready just because he wants to make sure that they're fully 100% both physically and mentally when they actually get out there. And with the tight end position, you know, there's so much uncertainty here, too, because, you know, some people like Tony are really expecting a whole lot of Jake Ferguson, but you haven't actually seen that. And so to be able to give more reps to Jake Ferguson, Peyton Hendershot, and get them some little, a little bit more development is also a good thing. And so if, if the, the cost is just letting Luke Schoonmaker kind of take his time and come back from that and make sure that he is fully healthy – you know, it's it's not a it's not a real issue. I mean, we're in July. There's there's plenty of time to get there. I'm not really worried about it. I thought Luke Schoonmaker was a good pick to begin with, and I feel like I'm kind of in the minority there. But I'm not worried about this. Um, Danny, I agree with Hellman that it's only July, but it's also already July, right? Like, I mean, it's it's been a few months. You know what I mean? They're literally 
at training camp, right? So, like, tomorrow they are literally going to practice, right? Like, so, like, it's here. Like, the time to be healthy, to be ready, to be 100% is completely and totally here for everyone, let alone, you know, people who you spent, you know, high premium draft capital on that you're expecting to make uh, a contribution early in your career. Uh, that's already something that's working against Schoonmaker, just historically speaking, relative to the position he plays. I think a lot of people feel like Caleb. And he says, I've been trying to talk myself into liking that pick, but the news didn't exactly help. I'm still optimistic purely because of his physical ability, hoping he shows potential at practices, though. Again, Danny, I feel like everyone's like trying. Everyone's like, please, just like, just give me one reason and I'll and I'll run with it. You know what I mean? I'll be super optimistic, but like we can't even get one tiny little modicum of a reason right now. Yeah, and you know, I think get used to it because I think this is going to be a year-long thing. Uh, I honestly, you know, I have kind of already tempered my expectations for for Schoonmaker because honestly, I, I like the player. He was one of the tight ends that I was really interested in. Thought, you know, I, I would not have thought second round type of player, but nonetheless, good player. That's all that matters. But even still, if you look at the the you know the learning curve with the position too, I don't think he could just come in hit the round hit the ground running, be Dalton Schultz, and everything's going to be happy. I do think there's going to be – I do think he'll be behind Ferguson. And uh, it's something that's – I think people are going to be dissatisfied with because when you make an investment like that, that's not what you want to see. So I think we're uh, – to me, I think we're already just – just get used to being disappointed with with Schoonmaker this year because I don't know that it's going to get a whole lot better. I think he's going to be fine. You know, the Cowboys are sitting in good shape at tight end, not only with – with uh, Ferguson and the Hendershot too. But you know what? You know, Sean McKeon is a good blocker. They have some young guys. Who knows if, like, Hunter Hunter Lupke could make the roster, and, you know, he could work himself in there to, like, a fullback tight end role too. So not worried about it. I, I already I already have tempered my expectations. Just think that it would be wise for everyone else to do the same. And then, you know, we'll, we'll get to liking them. It just won't be right away. Uh Kevin Danny has given you points. Says I like Schoonmaker too in the fifth round. Um, says I like Schoonmaker too, but he was a late fourth or fifth rounder. Um, I think once you know Dalton Kincaid and Michael Mayer were gone, um, for the most part, everybody like was going to hate whatever the pick wound up being. This was just kind of partly that. Um, Tony, your belief in Jake Ferguson is well documented and well chronicled. Um, however, you know misguided it may be. Uh, in terms of the exact belief that you have specifically. Uh, but that being said, are you taking a victory lap over the Luke Schoonmaker news because it helps your guy out a little bit? No, I mean, listen, the the, the discourse about Luke Schoonmaker is, is funny to me because there's people that, you know, think that he's, you know, not day one, but they think he's the, the heir apparent to be tight end one sooner rather than later. And then there's the other side of the group where he's an old man, shouldn't have been drafted in the second round. So I don't see many middle ground takes when it comes to Schoonmaker. But ultimately... I don't think this injury is is a big deal. It's not a great first impression. I think eventually it gets sorted out. But in my mind, like you've you know well documented for me, I, I think it's Jake Ferguson's job anyway. So I think Schoonmaker coming back or Jake Ferguson getting the first crack of the reps is somebody I thought was gonna win the job outright anyway. So yeah, you want that your second round pick to come in and be productive and and, and find a way to you know help this offensive you know unit do do more production. But at the same time. Um, it, it it's it's not a big deal. I'll make I'll make it a big deal if he ends up missing like significant time because we all know as a rookie and Danny alludes to it like what he can do as a rookie would be surprising if it's extensive anyway. If you miss these really important reps in Oxnard and and even if it's mental physical reps whatever the case may be, Schoonmaker puts himself behind the ball and then and then bec- I become more right because then he becomes like a non-factor moving forward. 
Um, okay, so we've had the schoolmaker conversation. We've sang songs, done kumbaya. Um, it's now time to fight. Um, I think we're all on the same page when it comes to this. Um, but like this, this is a, a little tiny like you know you drop it in and you like close the door for Cowboys fans to like argue about. Uh, we have a new quarterback contract in the NFL. Um, Kellen Moore's new quarterback, Los Angeles Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert got a brand new deal on Tuesday evening. Trayvon Diggs didn't even get to be the person with the spotlight for like three hours. Um, it is a five-year extension for Herbert, $262.5 million. That puts him north of $50 million annually, along with Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts, players who also got their extensions this year, obviously, this particular offseason. Uh, we said at the beginning of the offseason, you're going to have to get this extension done with Dak Prescott. We've had this conversation, I mean, I don't know, maybe actually literally a thousand times. All throughout the 2019 offseason, 2020, it didn't work out in the 2021 when the Cowboys got the deal done. Daniel Jones got his deal this offseason, making $40 million a year, just like Dak Prescott. Uh, but that being said, we have now seen the annual average value of quarterback contracts grow by over 25% relative to Dak's deal, David Hellman. Um, so true or false, Dak's going to make more than Justin Herbert whenever that deal ultimately happens. Um. I mean, he'll he'll probably on, on an make, annual average basis. I guess yeah, he'll he'll probably end up making more, but just because I also see the Cowboys waiting for Joe Burrow to get his deal done, which will then even you know up it even more of of where the starting point is in negotiations. So, I mean, this is you know going back to the conversation we had earlier about the, have the Cowboys really changed? You know, Dak Prescott he beat them in contract negotiations the last time around, and now they're at a point where they need to extend them again and. Once again, they're they're not prioritizing it. They're not getting it done. I know that they, you know, they, they've mentioned it before in the past, you know, earlier this summer about like that's something we're looking at. But now Justin Herbert just beat you, and you know Joe Burrow's next in line, and we know that he's probably going to be doing everything he can to get more than Justin Herbert. So, I mean, when are they going to when are they going to get it done and, and be ahead of the times and and take care of that? I mean, it, it should be more, and but they should have gotten it done before this point anyway. Uh, Danny, we've seen, I don't, I've lost track of all the quarterbacks who beat Dak when, when, as far as when the Cowboys were in contract negotiations with him. The most obvious ones at the time were Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, who obviously shared a draft class with Dak. Uh, Russell Wilson beat the, the Cowboys, uh, with the Seahawks at the time. He's also beaten the Cowboys with the Broncos, which just kind of like speaks to like the, you know, comical nature of this whole thing. Uh, Caleb offers in the comments, it definitely wouldn't be a bad idea to work on that Dak contract ASAP. That Burrow contract is coming quick. It might as well jump in before the floor raises even higher. There were four quarterbacks who the Cowboys had to beat this, this offseason. Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, and Joe Burrow. They have now lost to three of them. So there's only one left, um, and he perhaps rightfully will make the most of those four. Um, and now maybe will make less than Dak Prescott if they drag their feet long enough. Uh, so are you at all worried about this, Danny, the price getting higher and higher and higher? Because you do understand, I, I, say, I don't say that facetiously, that whoever gets paid whatever, in this case it's Justin Herbert, it's it's a little bit more for the next guy. And the next guy just so happens to be Dak Prescott. Absolutely. And that's why I disagree with, I think you picked a great question to fight with because I I have the complete opposite view here. I, and I don't think Dak has beaten anybody in the contract thing. I think the, the Cowboys, they were successful just as, as Dak was successful. I think this is just how it goes. I mean, you're so would you, would you applaud the, the Chargers organization for this deal? Absolutely. But what they, they just got beat by what three three other teams for not getting it done sooner? So none of that 
makes but they got it done in his first year of eligibility for a contract extension which is where i think we we've hated on the cowboys i mean it's 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 the first off season i mean granted a training camp that herbert is eligible for a new deal yeah i don't i don't think that even matters i think the i mean unless you're going to sign your quarterback to a 10-year half a billion dollar deal like the we're close you know then then yeah then you got a great those guys got a great deal but that's really risky. I think if you have a player that is performing to the level of, of his contract, then that's a win. It doesn't matter if you do it this year, last year, the year before. I mean, there's all this timing. There's the people people talk about how the Cowboys, they're, you know, they messed up with the Dak deal, and then a couple of years later, we're talking about, well, look at it now. The Cowboys aren't so bad. Look look at the deal they got now. And the same thing happens. This is just a constant cycle that happens. They don't matter if Dak gets, you know, if he's sixty million by the time it gets done, whatever. The you know the the price of that position is going to go up. And it, as long as he's playing at, as long as the, we're not seeing like a Carson Wentz sort of thing or a golf thing where they just basically just you know drop off the you know the the planet. They're just terrible players. Dak's not a terrible player. Not worried at all. It's just the way it goes. There's always going to be a guy who just makes a little bit more. That's always going to happen. And the most important thing to realize too is the Cowboys, they want to get deals done. They love Dak Prescott. They that he is their guy. This is not they're not waiting to see anything. It's just a matter of this, you know, the t- there's another side to this too. You know, and Dak's team's smart. They're going to try to that's why it's only a four-year deal than a five. You know, they're going to try to get, you know, put their player in in the right position to get the most money too. So it, to me, it's these things are non-issues as long as the player is delivering, and then Dak's going to deliver. So I'm not worried at all. So it, it's if you got a franchise quarterback, that's a big win. If you end up having to pay Daniel Jones, you know, close to in the top, then, then that makes things a little bit, you know, scary. But but this whole Dak thing, when it happens, doesn't mean anything at all to me. Tony, are you upset that Justin Herbert beat the Cowboys or the punch or the Chargers did? Are you did? Are you kind of like, hey, I mean, at this point, we're talking stupid money anyway. Like, what's What's 53 million per year versus 52 and a half at this point? No, I do enjoy the idea of being the first one to get it done, right? Kind of set that market before it explodes. So I think there is more merit to it than probably Danny's alluding to. But what I truly care about more than than the dollar figure, the APY, and you know, that's more for social media debate. People are gonna say, Oh, he's making X, Y, and Z. People really online don't understand how QB market value works. So that's a long, exhausting conversation. I'm more worried about what how much pie is left, right? What is his percentage? What is his cut? What are we able to do with you know the pieces around him? Can we build around? Do we have enough room to go in to make these deals that like we applaud? Now I know the Cooks deal and the Gilmore deal were financially like feasible for us and they were comfortable and they made it work, but do we still have enough room to operate? And I think the Cowboys have a grasp on that. And I'm not worried about how they're going to divvy up the pie, but that's what I'm more concerned with. I don't want to be beat over the head with, you know, 25 or 30% cap space or whatever the case may be, whatever his percentage of allotment is. I'm more concerned about that than the actual dollar figure on a yearly basis. There was really no fight here. Like, I feel like everybody made fair, solid points. I think we all agree with everyone. Like it's just, it's just a matter of like getting it done. You know, not everything can be as like clean as the Trayvon Diggs deal. And that's okay. And I mean, I think we're all accepting of that. And the, you know, when you do have the Trayvon Diggs deals, you know, you give us a little bit more, you know, you're in a little bit more, you know, leash. You know what I'm saying? Like we're willing to all give the Cowboys a little bit more benefit of the doubt than we were, say, 12 hours ago. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay. So cool. Uh, well, um, it's that time, unless anybody has anything they want to add. Now is the time to, to get your last takes in. If you really want this round table depth, anybody want to jump up? You know, I, I think in the spirit of Tony, I'm going to go ahead and say, 
not only is Jake Ferguson gonna th- gonna catch a hundred touchdowns this year, but he's gonna be doing it before practice tomorrow. Lock it in. Uh, um. Wow. Uh, Danny, anything you you want to add along along those lines? The only thing I'll say is, while I'm happy about uh, Pollard and Steele being right, you know, on you know on schedule with everything, and that that's exciting and stuff. I'm still I have some apprehensions about just you know how the season's gonna go. So, so I'm still a little worried about you know because that's that's a that's a tough knee injury too. So will we see the same type of Terrence Steele that we were seeing you know up until when he got hurt? I don't know. It may be a little bit. You know, it could be a little gallopy as far as you know. Just there's there could be some where it's it's not as I don't I hate to be always negative as people like to claim I am, but uh, I, I do like to just not be surprised by by things, and and that's one of the things that while still everything looks great, you know, just you know keep that in the back of your mind. Tony, any final words? I just pray and hope to God I'm right tomorrow because I am not above a victory lap. I'll tell you that right now. I will, I will say I'll ask for my roses. Like tenfold tomorrow if I get it right. <laughs> so you're praying, you're praying so that you can have a victory lap. Is that what you're saying? Like, you're... yeah. If if Zach Martin signs tomorrow, I look like the village idiot right now. But tomorrow, if I'm if I'm right, I'll be happy to be that. If it yeah. if it gets done before me and RJ get to Oxnard, to, to you can still have the lap, in my opinion, Tony. But I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, Danny, uh, you arrive on Sunday. Is that correct as well? Uh, Monday. Monday. Okay, I'll be there on Sunday. Uh, you'll be there on Monday. We'll both be in the area for a week. Uh, we're working on some sort of like BCB, I don't know, like meetup, maybe like some sort of dinner, like a pizza place. Uh, we'll have an article up that goes on the site uh, in, in the coming days to kind of offer some information there. So everybody stay tuned at blockontheboys.com. Um, the cool part is uh, by the roundtable next week, we'll have actual football things to discuss and react to. Like you're saying, Danny, whether or not Terrence Steele is a step slow, whatever the case may be. If anybody's a little gallopy, super unfortunate last name from Michael Gallup. It, it just like works so well um, with that you know particular thing. Uh, but um, that's next week's roundtable. We have to tie a bow on tonight's roundtable. We have a tie for second and third. Uh, does anybody want to guess who tied for second and third? I won, so I don't know. Maybe them. I I think I am in second and third. So how could you be in second and third? I guess technically second or third. Uh, I I actually think Tony's right. I think Tony's right. Uh, Ethan pushed me over the top with fifty nine points apiece. We have David Halman and Danny Phantom. That means Tony with sixty points flat (laughs) is the winner of tonight's roundtable. Tony, Catalina, Antonio. Anthony, how are you feeling? Who do you want to thank? Maybe prematurely, Zach Martin, I suppose, if he shows up. Maybe this really is your week. Um, just take us into your head right now, Tony. Please. Feels, it feels good. I mean, I haven't had one in a while. You haven't given me a victory in quite some time. It, it, it's, I don't give anything. Like, this is objective. Yeah, like, I, I gotta I'm earn not it. handing this out. Like, yeah. I don't know what the in, I haven't earned one in a long time. I haven't <laughs> earned it in a while. But you know what? The first one back, training camp, it feels right. I feel comfortable. feel like I'm at home here. I'm happy. Um, who are you most happy to have beaten tonight, Tony? Super Ooh. awkward question, but you know what I mean? We got to do it. So I, you know, I love beating them both, to be honest with you. I'm, wow. I'm, listen, I just, any, I love beating everybody. If I can win, you know, it's a good day for me. So the fact that you're not answering this makes me inclined to like, take this away from you. So, <laughs> um, you said I want to answer seriously. Um, I'm, you know what? I'm. I'm going to say I'm happy to be Danny because I'm jealous he's going to Oxnard and I'm not. So Wow, what go. a great 
Well, great way to handle that question. Um, Ethan has chanted your name, Tony, 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 LFG. My guy. Uh, Howman, how do you feel um, having lost tonight? Do you feel slighted? Do you feel like it was fair? Do you feel like you could have been better in an obvious way? Uh, I feel like I feel like we're going to have to audit this in 24 hours in case Zach Martin doesn't sign. I feel like we're going to have to retally some points and, and change the outcome. So I'll, I'll just be waiting. I'll cook the books. Don't worry. Um, if Zach Martin signs an extension with the Cowboys or even agrees to one uh, before the first practice, Tony, you can win the next five roundtables. I'm, I'm willing to go like that far because that would be that amazing. Um, you know, again, I think you were a little bit, you know, brash with being like by the first practice again, you should have been smart. Like we, we, we all would have given you kudos if it had, if you had been like before the next round table, we all have been like respect Tony's hanging some onion. Uh, but that was a little bit too far. You know what I mean? Just, you got to know, you know, we were like, Hey, make a big bet. And you were like all in. So, yeah. um, you know, whatever. Well, I, I feel, you know, I love the man. I don't know. I feel like as soon as that first practice comes out, he's not out there. I think Jerry's going to be like, you know what? Let's get this done. Let's not make this a conversation. I don't know. I'll probably be wrong, but maybe not. I'll tell you what. If it happens before tomorrow's practice, I'm not even coming on any more roundtables because, I mean, we'll never hear the end of that. Um, Ethan says, great show, fam. It's great. Football is back. I think that's true. So um, to end tonight, instead of having one person say something, I would like everyone to say something that they feel they are happy about with football being back. Like some, some, like something you feel, something that just happens in your life with football being back. It's that time of year. So how many you can go first? I'm excited to have something to do on Sundays besides the laundry. Okay. I mean, that was blunt, straight up to the point. I respect it. Um, you know, you could do laundry on other days, open your days up. You know what I mean? Your Sundays up if you want. But, you know, that's up to you and your time management, Alman. Uh, Danny, something that you were thrilled about with football being back in our lives. I am thrilled to finally be able to start evaluating some players. Okay, nice and methodical, like just straight up to the point. Uh, well done. Uh, Tony? You know, you said it, what, 200 days in our Slack chat? It's been 200 days. Like, food tastes better. Drinks taste better. The air smells fresher. The sky looks bluer. Like, football's back. We're actually going to be able to see these guys practice tomorrow, even if it's at a turtle's pace. Uh, life is definitely better when football's back. So I'm, I'm extremely happy. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, like, certain foods do taste different, like – um, Hamid, I thought you were going to go like something pumpkin spice. You know what I mean? Like it's that time of year. Like that was a layup for you. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like we're, we're getting close to pies. Like we're getting close to like, you know, lots of like barbecued stuff, like, you know, tailgating kind of foods, like nachos, pulled pork kind of, kind of things. Crock pots are going to be coming out. You know what I mean? Like the, the half sips in all of our closets, it's been way too hot. You know what I mean? Like I'm ready for that first. Like, I don't know if I should put a jacket on when I go walk my dog, like evening. you know what I mean? I'm, I'm ready for that. It's been I've been wearing too many tank tops. That's just kind of how I feel at this point in time. Apple picking. I'm ready, man. Jeez, like, oh, Tony, are you living in a cartoon? <laughs> like, I live in the Northeast, man. Tony, Tony what are you? <laughs> are you going to the orchard, Tony? <laughs> yeah. That? I, I, that's a definite fall thing that we do, and I enjoy it. He is a worthy winner tonight for sure. <laughs> Tony, I, I don't believe you that you go apple picking. That's not true, dude. That only I'm happens in, in Disney cartoons. That's the only place that ever happens. Or Massachusetts, you know. <laughs> no, no. Um, wow. Um, all right. How you like them apples? Way to go, Tony. 